Welcome to another edition of the official Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast, sponsored by Sparkling Studios. I'm your host, Scott Agnew, and my guests today are the award-winning, BAFTA award-winning, Jack Doherty of Scott Squad and Absolutely Fame. He speaks to us about his new show, along with the fabulous Mr Nathan Caton and Big Angie, Glasgow's darling, who'll be giving us their festival Fast Fives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this, the official Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast. I'm Scott Agnew, and my guest today is Scottish comedy royalty, a BAFTA award <laughs> winner. Uh, you'll know him from, you know, absolutely, and the Scott Squad. Uh, please, it is Mr. Jack Doherty. Hello. Well, hello there. Thank you very much. Nice Thank you very much for the royalty big up. That's just, you know. See, I mean, old. I mean, did Rowan think he's an old guy? No. <laughs> uh, no. Well, no, was, no. Do you go for statesman? Then you, then you're in Yeah, good. Yeah, no good. Would yeah, you be all right no, with statesman? You know, I don't yeah. know. Elder states. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to show that you know I'm not worthy. Yeah. There we go. That's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I'm listen. I'm delighted to. Um, to have been around this long, actually. Yeah. Um, no, it's good to be in things like absolutely, you know, Scott's got sort of quite far apart, but, you know, they both were quite, you know, quite popular, so well, it's good. Well, it was, yeah, I mean, with, without going down into sort of your, your previous uh, stuff too much, but, um, yeah, is that kind of nice to have, if you now got two different generations of fans yeah. and, and different types of fans as well? And different types completely, yeah. Although what's quite kind of interesting with um, YouTube and all of that now, I'm surprised at how many younger people actually know absolutely. Right. As yeah. well, because this is how everything's available now. Oh. So every now and again, I'll go out in the bar and you know, someone will you know talk to me about Scott Squad and then they'll go, oh, and you did that McLashan thing in Stony Bridge. Right. And go, oh, and you're, <laughs> you're like 19. How do, you, how do you know this? But then their parents have shown it to them and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of, it's what? interesting. And I think absolutely stuck around a bit because it's a bit timeless. It's, it wasn't topical jokes and stuff, you know, so it didn't really matter. Well, that, yeah, because that, that was, it was a... Oh, I'm going to use kind of a slightly high word. It was kind of seminal that it sort of broke away from the sort of intensity and the anger of the eighties, yeah. uh, and yeah, yeah, and sort of took us to kind of happier, more fun yeah, place in the nineties. You know, because Murray and I had been writing for some of those shows. You know, we'd written for Spitting Image a lot, and we'd done Friday Night Live, and so we'd been around Ben Elton a lot, and all that kind of stuff. When it was, it was a very political yeah. era for comedy. Uh, and we were just, we were again a bit bored of it, to be honest. We just, you know, we grew up in Python and Milligan and, you know, early Woody Allen for all this kind of daft stuff. Yeah. And we just thought, well, where's that gone? And then when we got hooked up with Marwenna and John Sparks, they were doing very similar kinds of stuff. So it just sort of seemed a good a good time to 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 move away from that. And uh, and then it then lots it's always in the air. Then lots of people would start. It suddenly was a whole wave of that. It all just changed again, you know, because Vic and Bob came along, you know, and the League of Gentlemen, Mighty Bush, and suddenly it was all daft again. Yeah, well, that was uh, yeah, it would, that. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of gave the you know the it sort of set the tone for the decade sort of thing and and, yeah, and, well, and what I'll I take that yeah yeah and, <laughs> and, and yeah and it was the kind of things that I would I was starting to sort of uh, sort of listen to or pay attention yes. to fast show being my my, my <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um, so I always thought that was closest to to your. Yeah, 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 definitely, uh, definitely. But, yeah, they were they were related in 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 some way, really. The fashion, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, ten years later, it all swings back, and you you know you start getting the thick of it, and things get political again. Uh huh. Yeah. And now it's, in circles, doesn't it? Yeah. And now it's went too mental that nobody can yeah. possibly write anything that could take take the mech yeah. out of this. <laughs> I know. I know where to go now. It's just, yeah. I feel as if we're all living in some kind of collective acid come down, you know? <laughs> Some, yeah, somebody's going to come at us with a glass of water at some point. Just, yeah. <laughs> okay. I know, it's just kind of relentless. It's just, so that, well, it goes on and on and on it goes. And it's, so, it's weird how quickly you just get, you get used to it, you know? Well, something like COVID was like there was that theory that any human being within two weeks could get you know, even if it's a zombie apocalypse in two uh -huh. weeks you can't be going oh it's just that zombie apocalypse and we do seem but, to be doing it we're, yeah. we're kind of getting battered you know and yeah. like I mean you know that's that's a week of Russia and Ukraine yeah not yeah. quite bored of it yet but you know, you and, know. 
But I was noticing that yeah. on, the, on the BBC, somebody has really got the mic too close to the mouse on the laptop. And I'm kind of going, mm. <laughs> you need, do you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm clearly tuning out of that already because I'm noticing yes. the clicking. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, come on. Ramp it up. I Go know. nuclear. Come on. <laughs> Show <laughs> us something we've not seen already. You know? <laughs> exactly. We've been here. We've been here. Uh, so, but, uh, well, they will. Don't wish for it because it's going to happen. Something I know. Weird. Right. Was it, be I, in the post. I, I'm trying not to turn this into the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Let's be careful. We'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, let's not try and be joke. Let's let's, let's see. Let's, let's see if we can get cancelled. No, before we even started, but um, yeah, I know he seems to get away with it. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You know, he, he was. He, all those clips were taken out of context. No, there's only one context for what you're saying, Matt. Never-ending context. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, yeah. I think he walks on the basis that anyone that's really not interested is not going to listen to three hours of that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's every once yeah. three hours, and you go, "Oh man, like that's yeah, it's a lot." Isn't it? I don't spend that kind of time with my family. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and they're all the same. All those American ones are the same. You know, here's you know, America first with Sebastian Gorka, like eight <laughs> hours of just you know ranting and raving, ranting about their, we we've got to get our country back. They've stolen our country. They're the people yeah, that you crazy. would move away from in the pub. Do you know? It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Now they're all getting closer and closer to power. Yeah. So it's, that's exactly it. They're all just the ranting guard, yeah. the guy at the end of the bar. That, you know. So so I, I will. Um, I, 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 I we digress here, you know. Yes, we are uh, yes. digressing. The so, Glasgow Comedy Festival. Is the Glas <laughs> it's the Glasgow Comedy Festival rather than, this, this is me and my pet topics or right wingers yeah, or yeah. American yeah, Conservatives, yeah. you know. Uh so no, the Glasgow International Comedy Festival, uh, Jack, you've got a show called Nothing But, which has, yes. which is at Oran Moore on the twenty second and twenty third of March. Uh, That's it. Is that correct? Yeah. So nothing but I believe's Slightly different again because you, you you do a bit of everything, don't you? You you do the <laughs> yes, sketch comedy, like the acting, Ma yeah, master is, of none. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is the phrase. Yeah, no, I do. I always like to try and uh, do something new, and so this was a, a different one. It's, I mean, it's still a comedy, you know. I'm not going to yeah ever, um, but it's it's a, you know it's a monologue. It's a, it's a kind of a play. Uh -huh. um, and uh, it, you know, and it has you know anyway, you know it has a few serious bits in it. When that was the challenge. Because I'd never done that before, right? Um, so, so when I first did it at the festival, at the Edinburgh Festival last year, um, and that was I just as soon as there was going to be shows, I thought I've got to do something there because it'd just been so hard for everybody yeah. with COVID that nobody was working, and it was just everybody that I'd worked with at the Gilded Balloon, you know, hadn't had worked for a year and a half, all of that. So I just wanted to get out of there and do anything, do anything. You know, it was harder, you know. Maybe you were doing some shows as well. You know, with, I did a, a separated audience, you know, clumps of twos rather than the the usual banks of people and stuff, and the back door open to let the COVID out, <laughs> <laughs> and the fan on to whip the COVID out. And all. So you know. It, had challenges but i just really wanted to do something so i, I thought well he, perfect time to try something new um but it was it's fun when the first time when i came to the first series bit because my whole muscle memory is okay you've done comedy all your life you're on stage you you just live to get that laugh otherwise yeah. it's not happening you're dying uh, yeah yeah and of course the silence is then you're going no that's good it's a good thing Yes, the so silence is a good serious thing. Bit, it would be a bad thing <laughs> if they were left. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a story. It's about me putting on a, a show at the Edinburgh Festival in 2018 as Mikkelsen, specifically to try and get connected with this woman from America that I had a one night stand with 30 years ago. Yeah. So well, it's well, all about, and it's told again, it's like one of these shows where it's told it's absolutely true, but is it? You know, so the fun is the audience looking at it and going, that can't be true, can it? He's not. He's not that terrible a man. He's not gone and done that. He's not gone and done that, yeah. So then it becomes a show about me reconnecting actually with my daughter. Um, so it's just, it's kind of, yeah. And it just, it did go very well. I don't want to, you know, blow my own trumpet. No, but the, the reviews. Just, yeah, people liked it and it got, you know, probably the best critted thing I've done. So, so then I thought, well, and Karen said, well, let's just keep doing it because, you know, it, um, there's no point just doing it once. Let's take it on the road. 
I'm going to do it again at the festival this year, you know, maybe in a slightly have bigger to, hall and, um, and see how we people, get on with it, yeah. And have people actually close together again and connect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Well, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's never any guarantee, you know. We've got to sell the tickets. Got to sell the tickets. <laughs> but no, you, exactly. Just to, uh, that will be quite interesting to, um, to do it in in front of um, people clumped together again. So was was the show an idea that you'd kind of had sort of kicking around the back burner or was it something, was it a, kind of, was it a lockdown project? Or? It wasn't, yeah, it actually uh, became a lockdown project. I was going to do it in 2020. Right. And I, yeah, I was out in Australia visiting my brother-in-law and I was just, you know, filling out the forms for the festival when suddenly people were going, there's something weird happening around the world because yeah, I'm yeah. isolated in Sydney somewhere. And... Um, <laughs> And so I was. That's when I was going to do it, and then obviously the whole world uh, fell went. apart. I got the last flight out of Australia, actually. Oh, lovely! Um, lovely. Yeah, otherwise I would have been there to this day. Uh, I yeah. always say I would have been there to this day playing Chief Commissioner Bruce Mickelson <laughs> by the Australian police force. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd been I'd been kicking around with it. Actually, it was a, I, I was I was um, I'd written sort of various little stories, little set pieces set. Uh, in Edinburgh during the festival, yeah. I've always been interested in doing stories set around that backdrop. Yeah, because um, it's and I was doing sort of lots of them, and I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to hone it down to just this one story right. and explore this story and, and make a story about me in inverted commas. You know? So yeah, because there is that Dubai. I was reading some of the reviews. People yes. were kind of going, well, well, you know, the, the, so which is a which is a nice thing having sort of yeah. blurred that line exactly, between exactly. sort of facts. Because some of it's true, some of it is, but okay, some of it's not. And it's just, and I will never, you know, I don't want to say which bits are and which bits. Which bits aren't, What's but I think of? lockdown did because uh, then I wrote it in lockdown, and it's quite it's got lots of nostalgia and it's it's a lot about being me being younger. It's a lot uh-huh. about me when I was you know cock of the walk in the eighties or you know I thought <laughs> I was, you know. And it's when we're all and we all are in our twenties. We all feel that you know it's, this is our world and nobody else's. So it's about that. And it's about losing that. Yeah. And so it's very nostalgic for that time and for and for kind of rom coms of that era and all that kind of stuff so i think that did affect me that we were all just completely isolated and it's it's a sort of thing about oh th- it was better days yesterday you yes, know it's one of and, those and and you and i don't nostalgia is always kind of criticized for sort of you know giving and putting a rose tinted spec but yeah. given the situation we were all in th- yeah. there, there, there was no argument that other than previously no, no. was better exactly. you know it definitely it very yeah. definitely was you know yeah yeah because um, normally you're right people are going on oh, yeah, yeah. Or the, the ancient day when you know when the fields the golden straw was blowing in the wind <laughs> you know all that we all left our back doors open and you know all that kind of stuff but yeah you're absolutely right it, it was just no question people were going do you know what i preferred it when we could go someplace it was it was quite nice going out yeah, it was quite nice going down to the pub wasn't it yeah it was all right um but, yeah uh, I although I, did, did, it wasn't without its benefits right because i yeah i, I it wasn't without its benefits. I quite like that sort of semi-period we were in, where yeah. you were assigned your seat. Yes. You, know, and you, you had to sort of decide who you're going with. Like It was just you and one other person. You know. Yes. And then, because to see the number of people that I thought, see, if we were in kind of normal feral conditions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have had to stand, yeah. stood and spoke to them for about two hours, being bored shitless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is my table. And I know you're like, sorry, <laughs> I'm COVID. Ah. Yes, COVID, yeah, keep your distance. Bye. Your distance. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful, so I quite enjoyed that part of it. That makes yeah, me sound really grumpy. You have to make the effort. You're going, yes, I'm going to, once you're allowed back in the little clumps, okay, I'm definitely going to see this person. Uh-huh. You know, not to this person and then go, as you see, to see everybody else. It got so weird at the end when it was when it was a halfway house. I kind of liked it when it was just really rigid and we knew where we were. Yes. But when it got to the stage, I went to the chip, you know, um, about, you know, I don't know, six weeks ago, when it was that stage where the guy's telling you, put your mask on to go up the stairs. <laughs> but keep so put your mask on to pass nobody and then walk into a bar with 200 people all rammed at the bar. You can stand mask. at the bar, but you've got to sit at the table and you're like, yeah, oh, yes, what? <laughs> I know, it was quite odd. That's, that's so, very odd. Um, but we're almost done with masks, aren't we? And I, mean, it's got, I know they've gone in England, but are we... Yeah, I think, I, think that's us, I, think we're, I think we're done by the 24th. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, that, yeah, not that okay. I've seen much... Okay. Oh, well. Not so there might still be masked people at the on more. That was the other funny thing about doing a show in front of people who've got masks, masks on. on. So you can't you can't see the smile and you can't yeah, exactly. see the faces. You're going, you know, and so, so half people would take them off and half people would keep them on. 
But that odd thing, you'd have, you'd have to hope they were like Ted Heath with the shoulders going, oh, could you laugh? That looks like laughing or, or, or choking in a <laughs> Werther's original or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so now, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say... Um, you know, because we are the Glasgow Comedy Festival here, yes. Glasgow International Comedy Festival, and I thought a very, very brave thing you've done uh, in your your program blurb is to call this a love letter to Edinburgh <laughs> and bring yeah, it to I Glasgow. Know, I, <laughs> yeah. I did. We actually did discuss this. Yes. You're absolutely right. Um, that is this going to mean that everyone in Glasgow is going? Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm not going to go and see that. How much you know about the castle for an hour? You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but no, obviously it's not. You don't have to be from Edinburgh or no Edinburgh or do anything. I mean, it's 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 more. It's, you know, it's set at the fringe. It's at yeah. you know, it's at that time. Um, when, well, but all... yeah, it's a bold move. But I think maybe because I moved away. Remember, I've never, I'm not as involved in the old rivalry now. So for me, because I, from Edinburgh, I work in Glasgow a lot. Right. So you, yeah. to me, they're just both great towns, and I don't really kind of. <laughs> it's, when you, it's only when you move away from them you go, "This is a bit of a silly dispute." Isn't it? I they're don't. both great, you know, but um, but yes, let me reiterate to the Glasgow audience: this is not this is not me banging on about Edinburgh. <laughs> it just it happens to be set in Edinburgh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just. I, I, I do find that an odd thing, and it's, I suppose it's just something to pass the time that, that Glasgow yeah. Edinburgh rival because it's a bit like, yeah. did you like Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett sort of thing? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to have a nice night at both, really. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly, uh, exactly. So, um, uh, I know, I know you're an Edinburgh native, but work through ah. here all the time. Um, what, what, what are your own particular things that? About Edinburgh that that, that you you enjoy and, and and then what are your own particular things about Glasgow that you kind of go oh, that will definitely only happen there and that could only definitely happen in the in the East Coast. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's I think having grown up in Edinburgh, I was I, I, when I was younger, I was kind of more fiercely, oh yeah, I really love Edinburgh. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't know, my dad's from Hamilton, so we were through in the West a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, you know, I, I, it was only when I got late teens and you could start going through to Glasgow and going out yeah. <laughs> that, you know, I realised that this was this was potentially a, a slightly more fun town than Edinburgh, <laughs> you know. And that, but it takes a while for you to get, but my, my love of, of Edinburgh actually was quite around the festival, you know, because I loved Edinburgh in August when it just came alive and it just felt there was an energy there. Yeah. An extraordinary kind of everybody's up for stuff and it's just open all night and all that. And you go through the glass and you go, well, the glass is like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was- you know, every month you can feel. And it's interesting when I bring Amer- uh, English friends up, you know, it takes them a while. They, they instantly take to Glasgow and then it takes them a while to take to Edinburgh because it's, it is more reserved. Well, I mean, of course, it's beautiful, and there's nothing yes. like bringing an American up on the train and getting out of Waverley, and they kind of go, "What the fuck?" Yeah. You know, so it's got that aspect of it. Well, yeah, they've just landed in the yeah. most wonderful, magical Disney set. Yeah, ever, exactly. You know? They've just they genuinely can't believe it, you know. Because um, I find that because a, a suicider, you know, suicider Glasgow, um, yeah. and my only experience. Of going th- through Edinburgh was either you know the tattoo or the fringe. Yes, um, and I think I think that might be what maybe tinges a lot of Glaswegian mind because if you then happen to go there any time outside August, you kind of wonder yeah. and go, place is dead, right? So, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 so, so you kind of yeah. so that, that kind of so there's then a resentment because you feel as if you were conned. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Build <laughs> like, oh, your eyes. I'll go. I'll go in August. And you come through in November and you're just blown off your feet past the little shortbread tin and the tartan tat shops on the high street. You know, there's a lot of that. But what what I like about the the, the sound of your show is is you're talking about that that kind of fringe romance or those one night things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. Which happens a lot in the fringe. Yes. I mean, mean, again, it's, it's a general. Again, I emphasise it's just set there, you know, because it's a general story. Anyone who's had a, 
a one night stand. Anyone who's had a what might have been a kind of holiday romance. And also, what's interesting is a story about what happens when you get with someone and you lose touch with them before the internet, before a mobile phone. Yeah. Before, so lots of young kids came along to go and go. Oh God, so what? You mean you would meet someone and you would just never see them again? You go, yeah, you would never see them again <laughs> for the rest of your life. But you can you just look them up and fit? No, you can't look them up on the internet. You can't look them face. All of that. They're gone. You met them, they go on the plane. You never saw them again. So that's kind of that's you can make more of a story of that. Yes. Now that story is not really available to people today. That you can lose touch with someone because you're, they're there. Yeah, yeah. Unless they've yeah. barefaced lied to you and given you the wrong name. Of course, unless you've been catfished and all that. Yes. <laughs> you can't, but you pretty much can't do this. Yes. You, know, you that, pretty much have to just lie blatantly. Yeah, wrong name, wrong number. Wear a mask so they can't, you know, <laughs> Google face you. <laughs> and and that, 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 that seeing somebody in the audience, right? I've got a terrible, I can. I can sort of see people, and I start to play wee hooses in my head. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was that the kind of feeling way back that one night in the eighties that you kind of planned ahead, or did you know that it was going to be just that one night, or had you hoped it was going to be something? No, no. It was just yeah. It, that's the aspect of the story that it just—it's a very—it's a before. I don't know if you ever saw Before Sunrise. Nope. So the kick out was a story about Ethan, uh, it's Ethan um, Hawke and Julie Delpy, and they have one night together in Austria, and then they separate. Okay, right. And so this is a story. So the kickoff point, which is a true aspect of the story, was me having a one night stand with an American woman a million right. years ago. Right. And then we go, oh, this is my, this might go somewhere. And I'm going, well, actually, no, I'm getting on the plane going back to America. Oh well. Oh no, in four hours. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then never see it again. So it was just so that was the so that was a little genesis of what if you then met up with that woman 30 years later right so see right, it's right. one of the, and, and and how how things have changed and you know so it's one of those stories about you you can't you think you can recreate the past but you know you can't you can't it <laughs> you can't it's gone no, that's, it's gone but it's kind of fun trying to yeah and, and then, then so it's a way into scenes where i'm comparing sex at 25 with sex at 58 and all so it's all that kind of stuff that, yes you know um which yeah, sex goes automatically from, and I, and I, th I think we all like to think it might have looked kind of vaguely sort of, sort of athletic and, you know, full of prowess yeah. and possibly even pornographic at 25. It probably <laughs> didn't look like that at all either. <laughs> but in yeah. our heads, we did look like that. In our heads, yeah, you look great. Exactly. And I do a lot when I'm, when I'm doing the stuff, I'm describing the sex scenes in the early, um, in the first part of the plane. I, and I say, I've got to stop there, but, and I'm, project a photo of me at the age of 21 which is when this happened yeah so i'm thin and i've got hair you know and i'm not you know i'm aware that i'm not brad pitt but i look a fucking lot better than i do now <laughs> and I, so i would say just imagine him when i'm talking yeah and then afterwards in the bar one night um this young american woman came up to me and said i think you might have to explain to people who don't know you that that's actually you, the photograph. <laughs> really? Like, oh, no, you didn't. I said, no, it's just, it looks, it's so unlike you. No. That, that's... Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck. Talk, talk so you're some, some random young guy that I want you to imagine. Say, <laughs> rather, than, rather than me. So now I have to go, there he is, my younger self. <laughs> my goodness. No, I don't. People no. are going, what? That, so there's a whole bit in the show about how you can chart your decline by the celebrity that you're compared with over the years. Okay. And how my decline has been very precipitous, you know. <laughs> and, and, and it goes through Timothy Hutton to John Malkovich to fish out of Marillion. <laughs> to Rick fucking Stein. <laughs> Occasionally people think I'm Rick Stein. I mean, for fuck's sake. No, I don't, I don't see that one. I know, I, I know, but it's one. happened. It's I'm not saying this... without my beard, without my yeah. beard, you get a bit of it. Maybe, uh, because... yeah, I know, but it's weird. But fish, actually, fish, you can get. F right. I can, I can get that one. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I've, no, I've never, because uh, <laughs> bizarrely. Mm -hmm. And I, I might have been 26, 27 at the time. Yeah. And I was named in Scotland on Sunday's 25 most eligible Scottish bachelors, oh, right? <laughs> and I was beat by fish and marillion. Oh. 
by I think about three places. And I, three places. Listen, the rest of them I could get because they were all like proper like model yeah. guys, you know, and entrepreneurs yeah, yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it, right? <laughs> and then they just did this kind of random picture of f- fish from Marillion, and he. So I was yeah. that snuck in at twenty five. Nobody oh, knew who I, I was. I'll take twenty five. Pretty good I was, choice. I was all right, at, like, you know, at the yeah. <laughs> and I should have been quite happy with my num my result, but I'm like that. Yeah, bloody fish, fish yeah. from Marillion. Yeah, he's about. Twenty odd, thirty odd. It's those lists that always there's always there's always somebody on that list, isn't there? There's always, you know, when you when you got uh, you know the fifty funniest people in. Like, go on, <laughs> I've, never, I've never, I've never been in one. all right. Wow, look, he's at fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've never been in one of the lists. Don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh come on, give it time. Give so, it time. Something that actually matters, you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stony Bridge is always in those lists. You know, the best sketches. It's a weird one that 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 was the one that kind of connected with why, why, or has stayed the course you know it's funny i don't know why, why is it was there just something about that that people it's, it's what was is there one particular yeah, line what was it? Particular well, phrase? I mean, it's the usual thing and if we could if we could get the answer to that we'd write more of them it's just i, I know yeah <laughs> you never know it's just you shove something out there and people go mcglashan was the same you know he was a bit kind of like people just instantly i mean particularly it's Scotland. You know, people just connected with that character. I thought more that they, they, he, he'll connect, you know, whereas Stony Bridge was a bit random. I, yeah, well, that, I think that was so surreal. But then I, yeah. I came from sort of local newspapers, so I always connect yeah. with Stony Bridge anyway. Of so course. I'd sat in community councils, do you know what I mean? Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I remember that watching those kind of, and I went, yes. oh, I've, I've been at those bloody meetings, you know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I could get them. I could get that totally. But um, completely, yeah. But you don't. You just, you, know, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what like. Well, same with Scott Squad in a way. You know, we made the pilot and we all looked at it. And went, oh, that's quite nice. It's quite good. And maybe it'll work. And then you don't expect to be doing it seven. You know, seven series later. Because that, 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 yeah, I mean, it was, that's been hugely popular. And yeah. were, were you expecting Cameron Mickelson to sort of? Take on the life because he yeah. he kind of got his own life now as yeah, outside know, the show got, as well. To do documentaries and and, and yeah, yeah, interview you know the politicians all that yeah. kind of stuff. No, I didn't see didn't see that coming at all actually. And, um, and, and you, I, the more I do, the more I started doing, and the more I realised that yeah, people like the character and because it's semi improvised. It's good because you can really get into the character. And uh-huh. you, you really get to know him because you do you do it a lot because you know we discard a lot of stuff. Yep, um, I, I was, it's I was all improvised uh, or semi improvised. Obviously, the storylines and stuff. But um, I was part of the discarded bits. It's all right. There's a lot of dis- discarding going on, as you know. As you discover, great personal cost. Um, but I think the more when I think about it, I mean, it's just you know, Scott Squad is a kind of it's like a workplace sitcom in a way. You know, it's yep. a sketch show. And it's everybody has has work colleagues like all the different characters so you know yeah so everybody's basically had a boss who's you know a little bit like Mickelson, Mickelson. convinced of his own you know, <laughs> genius yes and when potentially he might not actually be that clever yeah right. and, and, and yeah there's and he has that nice kind of sort of Eaglesham golf club feel about him yes but, you know yeah, uh, that, uh, I that, think we may even have filmed at Eaglesham Golf have you? <laughs> filmed somewhere. It might well have been there Quite when he played golf. Yeah, no, he's exactly that kind of guy. I mean, because, he's a very Edinburgh guy, actually. Yes, he has. Based on all the, you know, my dad and all the teachers I knew back then, and you know, just anyone in a position of authority in Edinburgh is a bit like that. Aye, that, that kind of that slightly sort of yes. bigger attitude, bigger yes. uh, personality. You know, just just a couple of. Sort of bits yeah. in the volume up, you know, from everybody yeah, else. Completely, you're very aware when they're in the pub, kind of thing. Completely, <laughs> very aware when in the pub. Yeah, they're heading down to the rugby. Because, because that was that that was the last Glasgow Comedy Festival show you did was was Mikkelsen, wasn't it? Yes, yes. was a Mikkelsen. Um, was that the Kings? Was actually, it? I've done it. Yeah, I did it twice. I did one when it was just Mikkelsen, and then I did an, another year when it was Mikkelsen and Anne McGlashan, which was the show that I'd done at the at the Edinburgh Festival. Right. Um, and how is that going from one to other? I think I'll, I think I'll other... do again live at some point. It's a lot of fun live, uh, um, and I've never actually only done only done Edinburgh and Glasgow with Mickelson, so I haven't taken him on the road. So I think that could be fun to to get him out on the road, um, and it just depends on what kind of show we'll do. We're quite, we've been talking about. I'm quite tempted to to do his autobiography, write a book, and then take it. <laughs> That's you know for the, for the Christmas for the Christmas stocking. I think that would be that out. And I'd love him to do a Q and A. I know some 
shows have done that before, but you know, to just deal with, just to, to talk to the audience because yes. he's used to improvising in that character. I think it'd be fun just to get an audience to throw questions. And so maybe, yeah, I, I think he definitely, definitely worth taking on the road at some point. I, he, he's got, he's got sort of limitless because I can imagine him yeah. having quite a, Yes. Yeah, his background I think could be really interesting. Yeah, know? yeah. Where yeah, exactly where he's from, what his schooling was like, what, what the young man was like. Because there was lots of great in the in the New Year's special. We did lots of stuff with him, photoshopped into cop, you know, with with Sturgeon and Biden and yeah. all of these. <laughs> you, you do a lot of that kind of stuff, but it's just you know, and, he's been everywhere, a bit like a zealot kind yes. of character. He's been around. We're just going to take a short break to thank our official podcast sponsor, Sparkling Studios. I'm currently sat in their amazing studio, just a stone throw from the Barrowlands, and we're so thrilled that they are making this podcast happen. Whether you're looking for a studio to hire or full production and promotion, they'll create a bespoke package for you. Check out their website, all the W's, sparkling.scot, for more information. And now, back to the interview. So, and yeah. when you were interviewing, you know, with, with Sturgeon and, and, yeah. and Douglas Ross and uh, whoever yeah. that is that's gone now, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Willie yeah, yeah. Rennie, uh, how, how difficult was that to sort of interview in character? You know, it's a, in sort of trying... Is, is it's, a, it's, yeah, it's... You, you kind of... What's... You, you have to sort of not let your politics come out uh-huh. and not, but also not go... You know, you, you'd think... Cameron Mickelson would probably be slightly more prone to you know, Douglas uh, Ross. Uh, He's secretly yeah. a bit of a Tory. Yeah. But Sturgeon's his boss, so he's so, got to really you know, <laughs> up to her. Yes. But what's interesting is that they all just treat him as a real person. It's really interesting. Because so, I was wondering, are they going into it kind of knowing this is a laugh, or do they just take it? They, yeah, they go into it knowing it's a laugh. And they've been briefed, you know. Uh-huh. So they all... Um, and some are more nervous than others, but you can't. In that situation, you can't come too prepared. Uh-huh. I think the only one that was a little too stiff was Richard Leonard, the old oh, Labour guy, leader, yeah. who we did Bless for the for the for the national for the general election rather than the the Scottish elections, uh-huh. because I think he'd just been told, "Be careful, because anything you say, you know, is going to be a viral clip or whatever." So if you start worrying, then no matter how it's going, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna stitch you up here. We're not actually gonna, you know, try and get you to say something. Just roll with the surreality of it. Uh-huh. So when, so it's it is like basically if they improvise with my character, then it goes places. Whereas if they're blocking it and just trying to get it's the political cool. point across. So that's where um uh, Sturgeon is actually very good because she will just she will go with it. You uh-huh. know, she gave me a bottle of Midori and I go, oh, God, have you got the photographs on that night? And she'll go, no, I thought you destroyed them. And I go, oh, no. And then suddenly, before you know where you are, we're, we're into a story where we had a night of debauchery in a wee Airbnb in, in RSA. Yes. Brilliant. You know, and so it's yeah. a classic improvising <laughs> rule. Just keep accepting. Keep going with it. Building it and building it and building it. And so she just, and you know, it's odd that they're just happy to, to, to go for that. Well, that, yeah, because that, that's something that's, I'm sure it must be fairly unique about Scottish politics that we now have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitcom exactly. characters <laughs> interviewing yeah. our leaders, which is, yeah. I, I quite like that we're that. And yeah, us completely. as a voting public are quite happy to accept that, you know. Yeah. When you go. And, and some people get, get their politics from it. From you it. Know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they form their, their views of the leaders um, through something like that because it does humanise them. And, and you get to know who they are. Through yeah. that process, um, yeah. So there was all; they're all really good, and they're all they're basically all good at it because you're not going to get to lead a political party unless you you can think on your feet. Yeah, you've you know? got to be able to do that, so, uh-huh. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't keep you too much longer. Uh, well, sorry, because I don't know. No, no, terrible. No. I don't mean good. I mean, <laughs> I've been right. you all night. <laughs> that's all, that's all right. <laughs> but I know that you've got things to do. No, not at all. No, no, yeah, yeah, actually, no. Absolutely. I think neither of us have, actually. It's absolutely bugger all, really. To be yeah, honest. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I shall fire in. Uh, I was going to do a festival fast five, right, which is yes. just five very sort of quick, sort of fast it's fast an answer, about a minute at most with each one. There, there, yes. there we go. You know, okay. uh, we've, been, we've been asking the same five questions to everybody, um, and I'll, I'll fire off with question number one. Sure. Uh, give, sure. us, give us your sixty-second elevator pitch of your show. 
Oh, good. Right. Well, the element of the show. Uh, come and see uh, Jack Doherty in uh, Nothing But, which is a true story, or is it, in fact, a true story? It may not be a true story. <laughs> it's a true story um, of me putting on a show to try and rekindle a romance from a long, long time ago. Um, and you think it's going to be a story about me chasing this woman of my dreams, but then it becomes a story about me reconnecting with my daughter. And it's, um, it is very much a comedy. Yes. With serious bits, which, as you know, is currently all the rage. <laughs> From afterlife to man up to feel good. To, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, come and see me just doing something uh, doing something different, different. Uh, as, as a version of Jack Doherty. It's a, it's a new thing for me, but I'm going to sell it hard and say it's it's great, and I think you'll enjoy it. The reviews are outstanding from from. Yes, last the reviews August. have been good. So, you know, not that, obviously we don't believe the reviewers when they give you a bad one, but we believe them when they give you a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're right in this in this instance. And this is just, very, very wise yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, they, they, they stumble across something correct. Yes, you know. yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're from Glasgow, don't worry, it's not about Edinburgh. No. Let me do that pitch one more time. It's not. <laughs> Uh, so question number two this is uh, we ask all performers this a favourite heckle that they have either received or witnessed witnessed Uh, well I could give you I could give you one I could give one of each actually the best heckle I ever received Murray and I were on stage Murray Hunter and I at the Tunnel Club in Deptford which was old Malcolm Hardy's old club which was a trial Uh, by wow it was you know (laughs) I've, that's I've, one of those ones where I've seen people, you know, chaired off, chairs raining down on stage. It, it, you had to get it right. <laughs> and we were there one night, and at the time we were writing for Spitting Image, and we were on stage, and we'd written a sketch about the Labour Party the week before for Spitting Image, and we were doing a sketch on stage about Neil Kinnock, okay. and a guy in the audience started heckling us with our own lines. Wow. <laughs> from Spitting Image. And we had to go, well, I, we had to go, we had to go wait a minute, hang on, you're, you're heckling us with stuff we've written. Yes, okay. we've already so done it. <laughs> think up your own lines. Um, so that was a bit surreal. And the best that I have witnessed was one night, God, a long time ago, probably in the 80s, when Joe Brand was starting out. Okay, that'd be... Very early in the days of Joe. And uh, then she had a really sing-song delivery. So it would go, our voice would go up, and then it would go down. Down. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm big, but my pants have their own postcode. You know, that kind of rhythm. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and someone noticed, and some says, you might, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm eating too much. Wolverhampton Wanderers, five. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a that, cruel heckle. What, that's... what a cruel heckle. But of course, it just caught on. So, through the, right, the rest of the piece, Arsenal, three. <laughs> you know, Liverpool, five. Oh. Yeah, and so, of course, what, and when that, when something like that happens, there's really just nothing you can do. No, it. no, absolutely Because it just not. takes over the crowd. And then you eventually just go, yeah, okay, that's very funny. And, you know, and of course, Joe dealt with it brilliantly. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Couldn't. Yes, because she's brilliant. You know, <clears throat> I went with it. But I, 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 I often meant to ask her about it, whether, you know, it, whether it did help change her delivery slightly, you know, yes, whether that, it, that, that, it became less... Less in that particular rhythm, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's just part of the part of the game. Isn't well, that's. It? I mean, I remember somebody sort of just in the front row, just kind of quietly whistling at me, you know. And there's there's and there's all you can do with a. Do you know what I mean? You can't I come back to a whistle, and yeah, I know. What I, start do you get, do? I start yeah. to get really ratty and sort of belligerent, and yeah. you, you know. Because I had nothing funny to say. Other than, would you just, yeah. just stop fucking whistling? Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah, there was nothing clever no about it. it. <laughs> and of course, the problem is you're likely to be being filmed all the time now. So well, well, now you, can't, you know, back in the day, you could just go, just, just lock the door. We're going <laughs> to. We'll get Big Gordon on this guy. I know. Oh, no. So there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing. And to this day, normally other things, you sort of go, oh, do you know what I would have done? But to this day, I still don't know what I would do with somebody else. Or humming, everyone starts humming. Yeah, it's it's a cruel, it's a difficult, difficult thing to deal with. So we're also, our third question, we're looking for any kind of, a favourite, because it's the Glasgow International Comedy Festival, we're looking for a favourite Glasgow memory or a favourite Glasgow story. Well, my favourite Glasgow memory is 22nd of May 2016 when I saw Hibs win. Of course. (laughs) I mean, obviously there have been many, many but that's happy memories up until then of nights nights out and fun and games and you know working there a lot. But 
to finally see my team, Hibs, win the cup after 114 years. I had given up yes. the, the idea that I would ever see it happen in my lifetime. And so it was just... Um, it was just one of those days, you know, where it all just came together and the sun was shining and it yeah. was crazy. And obviously I didn't write on the pitch. I didn't. I knew that, you know, people <laughs> recognised me as Chief Meekleson, so I couldn't run on <laughs> well, you have could, a goal. You could have, you could have stuck the costume yeah. on brought things to order, should you? Should yeah, you? exactly. Come on, everybody. Come on. Calm down stop, now. Stop this nonsense. <laughs> we all want to get on with singing Sunshine on the Leaf. You, know? you have to wait 50 minutes for that. Um, so yeah, I have to say that would be yep. that's right up there with um, just a day that was just perfect, you know. Lovely, lovely. And uh, if if there if there are people coming to visit Glasgow for the Glasgow Comedy Festival, do you have any things you see that are absolute must sees or do's? I think there's well, there's so much really in Glasgow. I would never go oh do Egg. one thing. Uh-huh. I think just head north, south, east, or west. Get on your <laughs> scooter, go on your bicycle, whatever, and you will just, you know, things will happen. Things will happen, yes. That's the sort of, that's what I've always found. Because wherever you go, there's just suddenly, oh, oh, hello, and oh, and now we're here. Now it's midnight, and we're and we're here. How did that happen? You know, it's it's staggering it those times. Staggering at a casino um, or, or or somebody's flat. <laughs> Bit, yeah. Bits of suit ripped off, <laughs> yeah, exactly. food attached yeah. to you, and I carry out. All right, okay. yeah. that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's just it's a time to have uh, adventures in, you know. Yeah. So rather than going, so I won't, I won't pimp any of my favourite bars or anything. That's like all right, that. and I won't be cultural. Oh, you must go to the Kelvin Grove Art Museum. Although you must, you must, you um, must, you Absolutely. must do that. But um, yeah, just. Yeah, just head all points, all points north, east, south, and west. Good, and, he, and here's ball. here is the hackiest of all the hacky questions no of problems. the very final. You're going, to, you're going to know with this, <laughs> with this one. <laughs> everybody likes to sort of go away with a joke to tell. Oh, uh, do you have a favourite joke that when folk ask you what's your favourite joke, you can? What's my favourite joke? Well, I tell you what, I do often quote this that I. Because it's so long ago, but it's it's my memory uh-huh. actually of, of the first time of going, oh I oh I understand how a joke works. Okay. Now yeah. I see what I see what happened. I see what how that joke was written, uh-huh. and it was actually because when I was about ten and getting into comedy, my mum gave me a book of Eddie Braben's scripts. All right, yeah. Well, that's not that's not a bad place to start. Yeah, it's not a bad place to start. Yeah, and it was so great because I was really interested in comedy, and it, and it showed you how on how he wrote the bits of dialogue and how he wrote the action bits. You know, Eric does this and all that. But on the back of the book, it had on the little blurb, it had uh, Ernie Wise and Eric Morecambe. Open brackets, not his real name. Right. He took his name from his hometown of Eric in Lancashire. <laughs> And I just, and to my 10-year-old mind... That's brilliant. There there wasn't anything funnier. You know, you couldn't... And I can see, all right, I'm thinking this. I'm thinking it's going to be like, oh, no, it's... it's, They've they've pulled the rug from under us. And I remember going to my mum and going, well, listen, Luke, listen to this joke. It's so clever because you think it's going to be Morecambe. But it's Eric. It's Eric. So I just, that's... So that's burnt into, you know, there are better jokes. I'll be first to say there are better jokes in the world than that. But, you know, it was the one that sort of made me analyse comedy and made me think, God, I, I wonder if I could write something. Like funny. that, yeah. You'd like that. that how, that's how you do it, is it? Okay. You've yeah. got to surprise people somehow, you know? There's lovely you know, expectations, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, that's, that's a great joke for, to explain that. I think yes, that's a, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a, wonder, so, a wonderful explainer joke. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's what and Eddie Braben was very good at, those kinds of jokes. Wow, you know? that's lovely. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you very much for your time, Jack. Well, um, well no, thank you, man. Um, um, your, show, your show is at or and more on Thursday yeah. the 22nd, uh, well, Tuesday the 22nd and Thursday, oh, wait a minute. Uh, on Wednesday the 23rd. <laughs> wait, wait, I think you're right. Wednesday the 23rd, I know. It's because I turned I'm, the page for those questions. <laughs> yes. So, yes. <laughs> yes, no, they are. It says that, isn't it? I'm pretty it's, sure it's there. Do you know what? 22nd and 23rd. And also, I'm doing it. Obviously, this is a Glasgow-based thing. If you're anywhere else in Scotland, check out the Gilded Balloon website, and that will show you where else I'm playing. Yeah, because you're you're on. You find yourself in Ullapool on the second of April, for instance. (laughs) Yes, go on to the Gilded Balloon website. Uh, There's there's a full Scottish tour all over the place. Um, 
And also, if you're looking for tickets for Jack, nothing but on Tuesday the 22nd of March and Wednesday the 23rd of March. It's at Oran Moore, and you can get those tickets at all the W's, glasgowcomedyfestival.com. Uh, can yep. I thank you once again? It's been an absolute pleasure, Jack. Uh, it's been, it's been a have pleasure. A, have a good thank festival. You for, thank you for having me. Cheers. And, uh, hopefully see you at see the Oran Moor, Hopefully. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Jack Doherty. I hope you enjoyed his interview and I hope you get along to see his show. Uh, we're about to do our fast, festival Fast Fives. Uh, first of all, we have the wonderful Nathan Caton and his show, Let's Talk About Vex, which is on at the stand on Tuesday, the 8th of March. Check www.glasgowcomedyfestival.com for tickets. But now, here's Nathan's Festival Fast Five. Hello, this is Nathan Caton answering questions for uh, the Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast. Question number one, give us a 60 second elevator pitch for your show. So my show is called Nathan Caton, Let's Talk About Vex. That's Vex with a V, in case any perverts getting excited. Um, the show is just, uh, it's, it's the last three years in the world of Nathan Caton. So I cover all sorts, um, obviously I cover the pandemic, Politics, race, uh, my, my newfound passion for scented candles. Um, I love a scented candle. Um, and then I, I also talk about being in lockdown with my girlfriend, which was um, interesting. Let's just say that. Question two. What is your favourite heckle that you have witnessed or experienced? Um, actually, I've actually I've had, a quite a, I've had quite a few good heckles, actually, in my time. I think the one that stands out the most was about four or five years ago, my last tour... I was doing a date at the uh, Salford Library Theatre. I'm near Manchester. I walk on stage, grab the mic. Before I say anything, this voice from the back of the room just goes, Oh, him! And the disdain in her voice, like I disappointed her. Like, who were you expecting? That my name is on the ticket, miss. Um, So, yeah, that that was a a weird one. Um, I've done done another tour date where I walked on stage and someone puked up. I don't know if they just saw my face and I just, like, made them do that. But, yeah, that's, that was another weird one. Question three, what is your favourite joke? Ooh. My favourite joke at the moment. I mean, they're all like, they're either dirty or just immature. I think my favourite joke at the moment is, um, did you hear about the female rapper who would only battle while she was on her menstrual cycle? Uh they say she's got a mean flow. That I, I know, very silly, very disgusting. But question four: What is your favorite Glasgow memory? Um, I would say my my favorite Glasgow memory it actually has nothing to do with comedy. It's uh, going to the Commonwealth Games back in twenty fourteen. Um, because I happened to be up at the Fringe around the same time. There's an overlap, so um, I spent a lot of time watching events. Had a had a great time. Um, yeah, watched all sorts. Rugby sevens, uh, swimming, uh, what else? Are Athletics, uh, badminton, table tennis, weightlifting. Yeah, so that would be my, my favourite Glasgow memory. Um, being a big sports fan, uh, it, was, it was a good chance to go and take in all the, the, the Commonwealth Games. Question five, what is something that people should see or do in Glasgow? I think something that people should definitely do, which I might not like, think about um visit the 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 glasgow science center it's amazing like um my girlfriend and i we went just on the off chance um we had some time to kill and we happened to be nearby and before let's let's go check it out it's really fun glasgow science center highly recommended and our final festival fast five today is big angie glasgow's darling her show me, the Paulist and the Priest is at St Luke's on Saturday the 19th of March at 8pm and yet again, tickets are available on all the W's GlasgowComedyFestival.com Me, the Paulist and the Priest is a comedy of errors about the comedy character Big Angie who has got a big heart but an even bigger mouth Glasgow's big darling Big Angie is blazing a trail through men, Botox, big lips and the law. From her days as a young halcyon hairy in Glasgow's East End, dreaded and admired as bulletproof balls by the infamous Strathclyde police, 
to growing up as a half-reformed character with a quarter bottle of madness in her back pocket. Get your rearing gear for Big Angie's truest confessions as you've never heard them before in her Glasgow International Comedy Festival debut. I haven't been heckled much, um, but there was a time when I was playing on the Glasgow Green during the European Championships as Big Angie and Angie makes a remark in the script that she'll never find love with a man. She'll never be good enough for anyone and no man will ever love her. And a woman from a way, way, way at the back of the park and the audience shouted, I'll leave my man for you, Angie. He's a prick anyway. And the whole park erupted in laughter. My favourite Glasgow memory is somewhere in the early 90s being a wee boy. I lived in a house in Scheme called Barrowfield, and which was right beside Celtic Park Football Stadium. And I remember Rod Stewart was playing away back then. And my grandfather, Big Archie, and my dad and my uncle used a whole um, big old, old tarpaulin and made a huge, big, massive makeshift marquee for friends, family and neighbours. And my gran, who gets called Big Anne, and her, my mum and my aunt, made food for everybody. And that was a cracking memory, you know, being there that night and hearing so, like all the old Rod Stewart classics and all the adults having a drink. Probably people who couldn't afford the ticket but still probably had a better time than being at the concert. Something that people should see or do in Glasgow is definitely get yourself down to Cunningar Loop over in Dunmarnock. It's an old, um, worked-on piece of land that's an amazing... It's a mixture of good fun for family of all ages and um, it combines nature. There's, you see herons, there's deer down there, cracking wildlife. It's amazing what they've done with the land. Then when you're finished there, get yourself over to the Barryfield Community Centre, which is in Barryfield in the East End, like I said, beside Celtic Park. And go into the Barryfield Centre and get yourself some food at the community, which is a community cafe run by the fantastic Halliday Foundation. They do phenomenal work um, in charity in Glasgow. They're based in the East End, but they they go citywide. And I've witnessed firsthand some of the work they do. Their food in the community is amazing. Cooked by the amazing Julie. It's fantastic food. Great quality prices. And it all goes back into supporting the community. So I, that's my five questions. I hope that they are cool and all answered well. And um, I hope everybody has a fantastic time this year at the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. All the best from myself. Kevin Brannigan and Glasgow's big darling, Big Angie. And that brings to a conclusion yet another edition of the official Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast, sponsored by Sparkling Studios. Uh, Please, a big thank you to all our guests, uh, Jack Doherty, Nathan Caton and Big Angie. Please follow us on the socials at Glasgow Comedy, that's the Instagram and the Twitter, and also get us on the website, the World Wide Web, www.glasgocomedyfestival.com, where you can buy your tickets. Uh, see you next time. I've been Scott. <laughs>